Welcome to day 358 in the last week of the year for <clears throat> this season of Shaped by the Word. Mm. We'll start a new season uh, right after Labor Day, going through the entire Bible from Genesis all the way back to <clears throat> right where we are this week <laughs> in the book of Revelation. It should be fun. Uh, we'll be covering a chapter a day. Uh, I've selected 260 different readings through the entire Bible, and we'll be narrating the story of the Bible to help you get a bigger feel for the the story of Scripture and how it progresses from uh, our banishment from the Garden Eden to our restoration in the book of Revelation. So it should be fun. We're back in Revelation, and we're in some of the most vivid passages of Revelation uh, this week. Uh, Before we pick up our reading in chapter 15, let's... uh, Offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord as we always do. Uh, Matt, you mind lifting us up in yeah, prayer? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time to to draw together um, to, to to your throne to to reflect on who you are and um, and what you've revealed about yourself and in the person and work of Christ and through your Word. And, and Father, we thank you for the message of, of Revelation. We thank you that. Um, for the hope that it that it brings to those who read and hear and and respond and and so Father we ask as we uh, read uh, your word today that God you would uh, use it in our lives to accomplish your purposes Father would you um, give us um, ears to hear and and eyes to see help us to understand the message that you've intended for us uh, Father we thank you for your grace uh, will we live um, in it today and enjoy you it's in Christ and we pray Amen. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 15. I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign, seven angels with the seven last plagues, last, because with them God's wrath is completed. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire and standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and its image and over the number of its name. They held harps given them by God and sang the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. After this, I looked and I saw in heaven the temple, that is the tabernacle of the covenant of the law, and it was opened. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues. They were dressed in clean, shining linen and wore golden sashes around their chest. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls filled with the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead person, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. Then I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, You are just in these judgments, O Holy One. You who were and who are, you who are and were who were, for they have shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God who had control over these plagues, but they refused to repent and glorify him. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. 
People gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of the pains in their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. Six angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And then I saw three impure spirits that looked like frogs that came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They're demonic spirits that perform signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole earth to gather them for battle on the great day of God Almighty. Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed, so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. Then they gathered the kings together to the place in Hebrew that is called Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and out of the temple came a loud voice with the throne saying, It is done. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumbles, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since mankind has been on the earth. So tremendous was its quake. The great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. Every island fled away, and the mountains could not be found. From the sky, huge hailstones, each weighing about a hundred pounds, fell on people, and they cursed God on the count of the plague of hell, because the plague was so terrible. Mm. And it's interesting that um, we start this section with John saying, I saw a great and marvelous sign. And of course, what we see is everything but uh, great and marvelous if you're looking at it from the perspective of those who would endure the wrath of God. Um, but it is great and marvelous in John's sight because it, it is complete. God's wrath is is being poured out. And of course, that takes us all the way back, you know, to Genesis, you know, chapter three. Whenever we re- rebelled against God, God Himself cursed the earth or frustrated uh, the earth. Part of the judgment uh, is experienced in the way that we relate, you know, to the earth around us. And of course, you come to Paul in Romans, and he says the wrath of God is already being revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And of course, you see that idea intensifying. And, and of course, you see the longing on the other end that we're going to get to experience at the end of this week. Uh, that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8 where all of creation is redeemed and is Mm -hmm. groaning waiting for our redemption uh, so that it can be renewed as well Mm -hmm. so there's some interesting we have the famous battle of Armageddon and right here in the middle that uh, many have uh, have all kinds of imaginative you know ways of uh, you know interpreting that and translating that Mm -hmm. but it's an interesting interesting section Mm -hmm. you know we, we talked a lot about when you're reading Revelation, to to think about the Old Testament as well, and you know John's seeing a lot of Old Testament images, and he's using symbols and phrases, and I mean you just can't help but in 15 and 16 both just to see so many mentions of um, you know the Exodus experience, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know God's triumph over Egypt, and the way that he even just these plagues that come about and how they resemble the the plagues in Egypt. But just a reminder, even at the very beginning of chapter 15, you know that that God has rescued a people. Um, who are victorious, you know, standing butts beside a sea and uh, lots of different interpretations on what these things may be, but you have again a song and we've talked about this some, but you know, here they held harps given to them by God and sang the song of God's servant Moses and the lamb. And again, because of of the, you know, the salvation of God, because of his victory, the people of God sing a song. It's one of those refrains that we've seen throughout Revelation is the song Mm -hmm. of God's people. Mm -hmm. 
It's important to sing. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when hell stones as much as 100 pounds are falling all around you. No better time to sing, you know, in the the middle middle of that. But it is, you know, it is... uh, it is worth noting that uh, in the middle of this, which is you know, very calamitous, and of course we've talked about the day of the Lord always being as described in the Old Testament as the great and terrible day of the Lord. Great because it ushers in God's salvation. Terrible because it also ushers in the completion of God's wrath. And that is the picture that you see here. And of course if you had put yourself in, you know, in the place of you know, John's readers or John's hearers, uh, they were undergoing intense persecution, you know, from Rome at the time, and mm-hmm. uh, they were seeing many of these, you know, kind of afflictions, you know, described in the Book of Romans against them from the nations. And, and of course, it's their voice that's crying out, "How long, mm-hmm. you know, will, you know, will this endure?" Mm-hmm. And, and of course, this is a this is a beautiful song of God's righteousness and God's, you know, judgment. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. And, and obviously, we're moving, you know, from creation to Exodus, there are deeds in rescuing your people and in preserving your people in a, in a time of true, just and true are your ways, King of nations, who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name, for you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Mm-hmm. And, and those righteous acts are from beginning to end in Scripture, uh, the righteous acts of God's rescue of his people and his judgment uh, of his enemies. I think it's it can be uncomfortable for us, and we've probably talked about this before, just to um, to hear about his wrath and to, to talk about his wrath. Um, we even spent some time talking with some students recently about the wrath of God, because um, you're finishing up your Knowing God um, summer series. Well, not really a series, but like a gathering, I guess. Yeah. So they're reading Knowing God, and there's a chapter on his wrath, and it's just uncomfortable um, sometimes for us to imagine um, a loving God being a wrathful God. And this chapter is a picture of that. And um, I love the song that the angel in charge of the waters sings um, in 16, starting in verse 5, um, that he is just in these judgments. Um, and that these people who are uh, the recipients of his wrath have shed the blood of his holy people and his prophets. And so I, it's just a good reminder to me just that his wrath um, is is a just wrath. It's a good wrath, and um, to to be so grateful and not it's more than grateful. Just um, in awe that he would he would um, choose to to cover me in his grace, and um, that I won't have to face um, this cup of wrath that he has um, because of the blood of Jesus and and his sacrifice. So. And, of course, the um, ultimate and most horrifying picture of God's wrath are uh, not the images that we see in the book of Revelation, but what we see on the cross, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where his wrath is, is poured out uh, on his son on our behalf. And, and so you see two things in God that, that should completely astound us. Um, and, the, and the one should astound us more than the other. Uh, we're blown away by God's wrath when we should be blown away by God's grace mm-hmm. uh, because his grace is far you know, greater than our sin. And of course, that's what Paul is saying, where our sin abounds, his grace did much more abound because he exercised his wrath uh, on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and he is offered, uh, you know, Christ as, as a way of escape or a way of rescue to all who uh, would 
and believe in him and accept his sacrifice or his receiving of God's wrath on our on our behalf. Mm-hmm. So in our sensibilities, we're, we're blown away by the depth of his judgment when really we should be blown away by the, you know, the depth of his, his grace. Mm-hmm. And just in the same way that, uh, you know, those who persecuted the church deserve the taste of blood, we deserve so much more, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, too, uh, when we get to chapter 16 and we start to see these, these just judgments you know, come down and, and you see the wrath of God coming, um, you know, these bowls are poured out to watch how the people respond, mm-hmm. you know, that God God brings these things about and it says, uh, you know, they begin to curse the name of God who had control over the plagues, but they refused to repent and glorify him. Um, and and that, I mean, it becomes a refrain, but they refused to repent for what they had done. And, and yeah, there, I think we, we see in this and, and see in our own lives at times where, you know, God gives us grace that may lead to repentance, and yet I think at times the the judgment and the just judgment of God should also, you know, lead us to repentance. But here, what you see is is a hardening, mm-hmm. you know, of the people's hearts that they they refuse. You know, this isn't just simply, you know, uh, we don't know what's going on. We're gonna keep living our lives. Like they recognize that this is a, a judgment coming down, and and you have rather than a repentance, you have a, a continued rebellion. That rebellion that was in the garden. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know the deep character of God. You know, from the prophet, you know, Jeremiah, do I delight in the destruction of the wicked? Would I not rather that they turn to me uh, and be saved? And, and of course, you you have that hint in those verses. You know, in chapter, you know, in, in uh, verse nine, and, and also, you know, when you move down into uh, universe eleven as well, we're part of. This intensification of God's wrath is to offer people to look to God, but rather than mm-hmm. looking to God, they're hardened in their stance against Him, and they, they 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 curse God rather than turning to Him, repenting, and then repenting, uh, receiving His mercy. Mm-hmm. So, verse fifteen, the words of Jesus. I mean, they feel to me like they're coming out of nowhere, but I know that there's a purpose for those words to be there. Would y'all have any thoughts on that? <laughs> And they're not, you know, they're not really coming out of nowhere. They're coming, the, the, you know, these are um, in the middle of everything that is going around, er, is going on. And, and I always take it, you know, back to Romans chapter one. You, even now, the wrath of God is being revealed against heaven. Uh, our sin is collapsing against us, and we are, you know, experiencing not only the consequences of our own sin, but the consequences of. of having pushed God out of our lives and our alienation from him. And so the, these are active judgments. And, and when we live in a world like that, where everything seems chaotic and where everything, you know, seems to, uh, you know, be going to a you know, really bad end and we look around us, the one word we need to hear is, you know, be patient. I, I'm coming soon. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and this is, this is one of the messages, you know, one of the messages of, you know, Revelation is hold on and persevere. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, that's a quality the entire New Testament looks for in believers. Uh, the world will sometimes look like it is out of control, but God is sovereignly in control of everything that is going on. And, you know, there will be times that we deeply rejoice and times we deeply celebrate. There will be times when we, we just simply persevere knowing that his word is true and know that his salvation is on its way. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's coming quickly. Mm-hmm. Never quick enough for us. <laughs> but in the timing of God's plan, absolutely perfect. 
Katie, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Sounds good. Heavenly Father, um, thank you that we can hold on to the fact that your timing is perfect and we can trust um, in who you are and trust in your plan, um, trust in your perfect judgments and not feel the need to take them on ourselves. Um, Would you help us to persevere as your people and, and not to strive with our own strength, but to continually look to you, um, continually come back to your word and, and see who you are and how you've revealed yourself to us in your word, Lord. Thank you for these words um, that you've so graciously given us um, um, through John. And um, I just pray that you continue to use them in our hearts. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.